for truth to be on the top of the mountain, it, it's it's its best companion, its most surest companion, the one that will stick right to its side is courage. And so without courage, truth will die in the dark. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view them from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined here by Mr. Shane Skirvin. Shane, what's been going on, man? What you been up to? Um, actually, I just came from doing a Bible study with some okay. um, some young people in a in a juvenile detention, and it has been awesome. I've I've really really enjoyed it. That's got to be a pretty profound ex- experience. That's pre- yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, talking to. Um, I love being around young people. They're so optimistic, and I, I really enjoy uh, the energy that young people bring. Well, so do, you, do you feel it's kind of changing you too? Oh, absolutely. Anytime, anytime you're part of a. Every time I've been part of a Bible study, it it's I feel like it's an awesome opportunity to impact other people's lives, and then they always end up impacting your own. So I, I think it's a great trade uh, both ways. Oh, good. Yeah, well said. Well said. All right. Well, guys, you can always mention you can always reach us email on email. There, I said it again on email. Uh, you can reach us at feedback at switchinglensespodcast dot com. You can also find our website switchinglensespodcast dot com with all of our social networking links, videos, podcasts, and blog information. Well, Shane, we're on episode three now of this series called Avoiding the Significant. And this episode, we're going to deal more with how culture affects this topic that we're dealing with. Um, in the previous two episodes, we talked, we sort of established, you know, what was important? You know, what, what were these types of questions? And coming from a Christian worldview, you know, what's at stake with these types of questions? What's, what are the claims of the Bible? What's it saying and what's at stake? And then we got into episode two talking about how we tend to get distracted from these things. And we, lay, we went through different types of distractions. We talked about the idea we have a hard time being in solitude. That can be kind of difficult with so many things garnering our attention. And then we even got into a Bible verse that uh, Luke 14 that kind of, uh, sort of sort of spoke to that, that idea of being distracted and excuses and things, things of that nature. So here we are in this episode, Shane, and we're going to talk about the role that culture plays in keeping us from these types of conversations and these ideas. And really, yeah, it's going back to, you know, how we try to avoid these types of conversations, basically. Yeah, yeah. And how the way culture it, itself, our culture seems to try to stifle these questions and or these conversations. Right, right. So let's look at this. We're going to look at, let's sort of look at this idea of culture. We're going to probably be speaking mostly Western culture here. So let's kind of start at this point. I, I, you know, in preparing for this, I thought it was kind of ironic, just in the culture that we live in today here in 2020, that, you know, we live in a land of freedom, but it's weird that we can't always have these types of conversations of worldview. It's, it's almost kind of taboo in a way, right? Yeah, that's quite the paradox to say we live in a land of freedom, yet there's a culture of offense and you don't, you're not supposed to bring a differing view or not supposed to... You know, it's supposed to be this marketplace of ideas, except you're not supposed to. It's an unspoken marketplace of of ideas. Yeah, you know, it seems why, like yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, because it's not just it's not just religion. That's part of it, you know. But like your political views and things of that, basically like important things. Any well, idea why you think that might be might be the case? I, I think there's a conspiracy for sure about that. But you know, I think part of it is. You know, just as much as there is part of the culture that says there are no uh, truths, there's no meta narrative. I also think that the on the other side of culture, there's also this idea that we're too busy, we're too financially, you know, we don't, there is a vested interest not to to 
stir up any kind of controversy so people can be busy and make money. This conspiracy of silence about these issues, I think comes from, it's a, it's a mix of several hmm. different things. Yeah, from several different angles. Well, then you got also too, you've got what we've seen growing quite a bit is this idea of people being offended and being offended by other ideas. So yeah. when you try to get these conversations of different ideas, naturally people think, oh, you're gonna, I'm going to be offended if I hear something that I don't agree with. Yeah, you're is- going dis- to disturb the peace. You know, like the famous thing, I used to be part of a family circle that said, no discussing religion and politics at the table, right? Yeah. It's weird though. We've gotten that way, right? We've gotten to where we can't handle disagreement. We can't handle differing ideas. We're too fragile. I mean, yeah. I don't, I just, I, it seems inconsistent to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It, you know, and it, it didn't always used to be this way, right? I mean, I know it's really gained a lot of steam in the last, I don't know how many years, but the last in the recent few years, but the sort of culture of offense has really, really gained steam. But it wasn't always this way, though, was it? Oh, no, not at all. In fact, the idea, even there was this legacy that the university, um, the actual even the word meant, meant a wholeness, that it was a, where all ideas were being addressed and where like many different subjects were being taught. And it's even to this day, part of that legacy, when you look at the Google definition of university, it includes a place of inquiry, a place of questions, a place where you could ask questions, you know, a place mm-hmm. where ideas could be discussed on their own merits without fear of censorship. Well, the irony is now we have uh, the very place where that's supposed to be happening. It, there is a heavy curtain of censorship that has been brought um, to these ideas. And this idea that that somehow speech is harmful to mental health, you know, it's it's being looked at across the board by people from different ideological positions saying, hey, this is something new. This idea that students are too fragile to actually discuss divergent uh, worldviews or ideas. You know, the idea, I mean, what is New York Times that, you know, things should be discussed? What What is their motto? Things should be discussed openly? That's yeah. Good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah the, their motto is uh, that things should be discussed, that democracy dies in the darkness, that um, that the free, that ideas should be freely investigated and discussed that there should not be any kind of like censorship. I mean, that's their motto. And so it, it's it's definitely a different, I mean, I never thought in my lifetime that free speech would be controversial. If someone would have told me that when I was younger, I would have thought, yeah, right. That's a bedrock of our society or our culture. But there there has been, there's been a profound shifting. I've been trying to, I'm trying to look up this motto. I can't, I can't seem to find anywhere, but we'll just go with that. We'll go with what you said. But what's interesting too, but you talk about the university and everything. I've always heard it said too, like the universe, the word university comes from the two words, unity through diversity. And the university used to be a, a place where differing ideas could come together and be expressed. But my goodness, that's increasingly not becoming the case now. I mean, it's not every college, but there's we hear so many where sp- certain speakers can't come there and you know, a professor says something or a student says something, there's a disagreement there, then they everybody loses their minds and you can't you can't even express your own views and have an intelligent conversation about them. that that's what bothers me the most is people just avoid the conversation altogether. Why do we have such a problem with speaking with somebody, even if you think they're wrong? That's fine. Why can't you hear them out and say and in, in a peaceful way, in a calm way, just speak with them and say, look. Here's where I'm coming from. And just have a, a natural discussion right there. But 
I don't know. We have this culture that just says you can't even have that discussion. You can't not, not even that. You can't even make your own comments about that. I don't know. It just it irks me. It really irks me. Well, and it became it becomes an unspoken rule at the uh, the water cooler, the public square. You know, don't bring, um, don't talk about uh, issues like what we're talking about. These these weighty issues of eternal um, internal significance, and that it bring, have the greatest bearing on how you live your life and what you think life's about that we can't even discuss them. I mean, I love that quote by uh, President Obama that if you exclude the Christian from the marketplace of ideas or from the table, um, you take away the idea that everyone should have a spot at the table, that that's one of the things I mean, yeah. he, he recognized. That's one of the things that we bring to the table is the idea that everyone should have a seat at the table. You know, uh, there's a famous proverb that you shouldn't remove the ancient boundaries until you know why they were there. And, you know, these have been, these are boundaries in our nation's history. And before you start moving them around, we should at least have a, be able to have a conversation of why they were there. Why, why, why was it that free speech that we could openly assemble, assemble and talk about whatever we wanted to? I mean, people fought and died to have that, those ideas, right? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this kind of in light of what we're talking about. Do you think people sometimes use this sort of culture, these cultural practices that we're speaking of, you think they kind of use those as a crutch sometimes to avoid these kind of conversations? They sort of play into the hands of the culture? Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely think that it's it's not unintentionally or it's random. You know, I think we can hide behind that cloak. We're saying that cultural cloak. We can hide behind it and not have to do the hard, you know, we can hold opinions without doing the hard work of shaping them or being shaped by them. You know, there's an easiness to it where if you can hold views, if they're unexamined or they're not challenged, it's a lot easier to hold them. You know, it's only until a view that you have is been shaken or you've been forced to defend it or examine it, do you really even hold on to it? Otherwise, it will slip right from your hand as soon as things get hard, right? As soon mm-hmm. as you go to climb a hill, you're going to put it down to get somewhere. And so, you know, this is, this this affects all of us. I love G.K. Chesterton said, you know, the, the philosophy seems like a pie-in-the-sky pursuit, but then you realize it's up the utmost important to you, the guy next to you, what philosophy he has about taking your wallet. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. really, the, how do you trust another person? How does democracy work? How does community work if you don't understand where the other person's coming from? You know, people can't, people can't live like that. And two, some of these cultural ideas, you know, a very popular culture idea now is, or philosophy is postmodernism. We start to see a little more frequently, you know, and if you're not familiar with post, I mean, I know you are, but to our listeners who aren't familiar with postmodernism, you know, they basically say there's no such thing as truth, right? And that any attempt to proclaim anything as truth is simply just a power grab, a way to hold, hold something over somebody, right? And then, yeah. so it's, it's ideas like that that I'm like, oh, come on. These are all, these are all like barriers. These are all barriers that people are having to work through, cultural barriers to have reasonable conversations. And it's, uh, again, it irks me. Well, it's the, it's such an aggressive non-truth. You know, it's the, it's this aggressive non-truth that says anyone that gets up to talk about the universality of man, that there's one central truth, that all of us need something, that we've all been made in a particular way, that all of us are in the same boat. Not only is it saying it's not true, it says the person that brings that message is dangerous and immoral. You know, by what standard, oh. of course, yeah. <laughs> by what standard, but, but 
it, it, it is really something that's pretty insidious. It's, it's, it's this non meta truth that cl- seeks to clean all other meta uh, truths off the table. It's, it's actually a very dangerous idea. It's yeah, it's wild. I mean, all these things, all these things are, these are crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy that we can't have these conversations. And these are all, like I said, the barriers that we have to cross through these ideas, these cultural ideas. And so, yeah, so there's really a battle taking place, isn't there? There's really a battle out there with trying trying to address these core issues. And there's a lot of hurdles we have to jump through to, to address these things. You know, I mean, because what's, what's weird to me is that in my experience, I think I mentioned this on one of the previous episodes, but it's my experience. I think everybody likes talking about these issues. I think deep down, it's just trying to get that ball rolling that's tough. I think some people, they, they had that resistance, all these resistances we've talked about. But like once you get that conversation going, then you start seeing the interest. Then they start telling their ideas of what they think. And then you, you can start spitballing and it's back and forth. And it's great. It's great conversation. So, you know, the desire is there. It's just we have to work through all these other obstacles to get, to get there. And truth's surest companion is courage. Courage will take truth to the top of the mountain for truth to be on the top of the mountain it, it's 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 best companion it's most surest companion the one that will stick right to its side is courage and so without courage truth will die in the dark and so i you know i definitely think that we have to be willing to none of none of us should relish conflict but all of us have to realize there's things in life that are worth the conflict if you really care about people if uh you really believe something then you have to have the courage to act on it. And, and, and I know this doesn't sound, um, I mean, that's part of the, that's part of the temptation is to be like, Oh, well, I don't know. Everyone has to, you know, uh, live their own truth or I don't want to make people uncomfortable, (laughs) you know, and, and rather than realize, you know, if you truly deeply care about someone, you have to share the truth with them. Yeah. So Shane, let's, let's go on and let's wrap up this whole series right here. That was pretty good. What you said right there though. I don't know. I don't know if there's any more you would add to that, but is there anything else you'd want to add to let's to kind of leave our listeners here? Because after all, this was something that came from you. This was something, really, I mean, I, I, I share it with you, but you, you brought this up. This is something very passionate to you that you want to leave the listeners to sum up all this we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I will definitely say, say this, my entire life, every, literally everything in my life changed when people had the courage to talk to me. When they had the courage to reach out to me, talk to me, have some uncomfortable, sometimes awkward conversations, it literally was life-changing, life or death, and we would say actually even eternal, um, mm-hmm. significant. And so, yeah, I, I'm passionate about someone that that was reached by other people and God to have a completely different turnabout in my life, to change 180 degrees. Um I'm pretty passionate about that. And so I, I want, I'm talking to myself as much as anyone else. You know, I have let uh, too many times go by where I didn't want to be uncomfortable and make other people uncomfortable, especially make other people uncomfortable because I love people. Right, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm just passionate about that. And I just, I want to put that out there to help stop, start a conversation or help inspire people to start conversations about what they actually believe. And we're not saying, we're not, I mean, maybe you're, maybe some people listening have, have different views. Maybe they're slightly different views or a lot different views, but all of us should be able to talk freely about what's most important to us. Because like you said, there's nothing more important 
this, these, these types of questions that we're talking about, we need to set the time aside to talk about this. We, we, we can't run from these types of questions. You know, some people have said that a lot of times the reason why we distract ourselves so much is because I don't want to get too much on a tangent here, but we're, we're, run, we're, we're running from something. Uh, the most common thing we're running from is the idea that we're all going to die. And we fill our lives with so many things just so we don't have to think about that idea. If we can just have a fun day today, then we don't have to think about that time where our existence will stop, or at least our earthly existence will stop. And so uh, distraction has a very, it's a, it's a very powerful tool in our lives uh, to, and, and avoid just overall avoidance of these types of things. But these questions mean everything. Like you were saying, this is everything. This is things that go beyond the grave. And so we need to have these answers. We need to have these kinds of questions. These kind of, excuse me, these kinds of conversations so that we can have these kinds of questions, these kinds of answers. So, And even if you don't, even if you don't feel totally confident that you understand it all, it doesn't matter. It's that important. Absolutely. It's that important to jump in no matter. Don't wait. I've, I've talked to too many people that they feel like they need to be more articulate about what they believe. Don't wait. That in, in and of itself is a distraction. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And that's a great place to end this at here. So well, Shane, that's going to wrap us up here for this episode. This wrap us up for the series. Uh, it was a good series. I enjoyed this. It was, it was a great idea you came up with. Talk about this. I liked it. Uh, as Because yep. we're two guys that love talking about this stuff. That's why we're doing Absolutely. this podcast after all. Yep. And so we, we're very passionate about that. We, we try to spread it to people. We try, we try to have, I know you and I both, we try to start these conversations with people. We love having, asking tough questions or really digging deep. Like, hey, well, why do you think that way? Regardless, they agree with us or they don't agree with us. So, yes, it's good. Time, good time here. So, all right. Well, Shane, as always, man, thanks for joining me. Always enjoy your insights. I had a great time. Always fun doing this. Everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening here. And uh, we will see you next time. Adios. Adios.